Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. Hi guys, this is Sergio from Game Changers. Thank you so much for your support in making this podcast a top 2% podcast globally. Thank you so much. I couldn't be doing it without your support. And we have a brand new sponsor partner program that you could support and sponsor this type of programming and keep it going. If you're enjoying this, if you find value in these in these interviews and you want to associate and sponsor and support Game Changers, now you can for the first time. So if you're interested in this type of a partnership, email us at info at gamechangerslive.co or you can just go to gamechangerslive.co and send us a note and we'll get back to you to have a discussion. All right. So today's episode is sponsored by the Doral Family Journal. Every great city like the city of Doral, Florida, which is one of the fastest growing cities in the country has a fantastic newspaper and that's the the Doral Family Journal. They're there to cover all the events throughout. I don't think they miss a single one and covering all the latest news and information and 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 pictures and videos. They have a great online presence as well to make sure that the city of Doral residents and around all Miami are aware of all the great things that are going on. So thank you so much the Doral Family Journal. You can check them out at doralfamilyjournal.com for supporting this episode with School Board District 5 Representative Christy Fraga. And welcome, welcome to Game Changers Live. You can catch us each and every week on your favorite podcast station. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, you name it, on social media. Make sure to hit subscribe because we have some amazing guests each and every week. And this week is no exception. So this week we have Christy Fraga and she is a hardworking Cuban-American family born and raised here in Miami-Dade County. And uh, she is a school board member for District 5. In 2012, she ran for the city of Doral's council and was elected as the youngest person in the city's history to serve on the council. The following year, Christy was appointed by her colleagues to serve as a city's vice mayor, as a position that she held for three out of eight years that she served on the council. She's also an entrepreneur, a strong community advocate, raising funds and awareness for the Women's Breast Health Initiative, the American Cancer Society Relay for Life, and organizations that help people with disabilities battle domestic violence and provide gratuitous health care services for the community. Obviously, a very uh, well-engaged uh, person. And that resume, I had to cut it short because it was, it's quite extensive. So welcome, Christy, to the show. Thank you, Sergio. It's a pleasure to be with you and everyone who listens to Game Changers. Yeah, fantastic. So we, we just finished up Hispanic Heritage Month and we're, so we're on the kind of tail end of this, right? And we're also in the season of giving. So it's perfect timing for you to be on the show because you have been such a, a big community advocate. That's been part of your mission in life. Before we get into that, though, tell me about what drives you. Like, how did you get to this point and what kind of defines your life, right? As you kind of tell me a little bit about your, your background growing up. And what has driven you to, to become the person you are today? 
Sure. So um, I wear several different hats. Uh, besides being a community leader, activist, um, politician in the community, really, because that's what it is, our political leader. Um, I also am a mom, an entrepreneur, a wife, um, very, very close to my family. So very, you know, always giving my family as well. I decided to run for office because I felt that people from our generation, uh, our youth needed to be more involved and what better way to be involved than to actually be one of the decision makers on what happens in our local community. Um, I ran in 2012, I was 23 years old, um, but it was a time where Doral was changing. It was very dynamic. It was really our opportunity to put, make sure that Doral went in the right track and that, um, that we were able to uh, see the things we wanted for growing families in our community. I, at that time, uh, had just gotten married, had planned to have kids in this community. My businesses were in this community. And so I said, you know what, to make sure that we are going in the right on the right track, that we are um, that we are seeing the community we want, that we're building the community that we want our families, I want to be a part of the solution. Uh, and so I decided to run for office, something that I I kind of always had inside me, I was involved in student government all throughout school. I really, really enjoyed that part. I am fascinated um, by, by, by politics in the form that you can have two difference of opinions and have to find consensus um, to be able to you know, improve the place where you live, work, learn, and play. And so that's what fascinates me by by politics is that you can have people thinking completely different and the ideas to find consensus and really make make it better for everyone who lives um, in that community. And so that's why I got involved. For me, that's the challenge I enjoy is being that consensus builder. Um, and uh, I went out, knocked on over 5,000 doors because I was really, was new. I, I, I didn't have the funding. I didn't have the connections. Um, but I, I really believed in what I stood for. I believed in my vision for this city. Um, so I went out, knocked on 5,000 doors and, and was able to get the support of my community um, to allow me to leave my mark in a sense and um, put my vision to action. Um, and we were able to get a lot accomplished in those eight years that I was on the council. It was life changing for me. What an amazing experience, met amazing people. Um, really built cr incredible relationships. Um, and so then when my term came to an end, last well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There, there's a lot here. Let, let, let's yes. unpack some things because we don't want to get, get too ahead yet. Okay, so you said you ran for office at, at 23. Was yes. there something prior to that? When you're when you're growing up, was, was politics a part of your family? Was, oh. was that something that was just in, you know in, in ingrained in you or was that something that kind of grew on you as as a kid so i was involved in student government but that was it no nobody in my family has ever run for office um although we I, th I believe in my family we do have i believe we are we're just philanthropists in our own i mean we've always been a big part of the community and given back in our own ways um but but no no one had ever run for office i think that's something that just naturally is born in certain people um I, I, like I said, I was fascinated by, uh, by government and politics and, and the ability to, to make a, make a difference and be involved. Um, and but so weren't you, weren't you dissuade by how, you know, how, how dirty things can get, right? Even I, I was involved in, in, in student government on a college level and in, and in, uh, in high school. And it was, it was shocking to, to me, you know, how, how dirty it can get. 
Yeah. How does how do you handle that? Like how do you well, how do you yes, get that no. thick skin? I was I was apprehensive about about that possibility and it being that, but I pledged that I would not be that person. That I we could do it differently. I really believe there was a different way to 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 be in politics, and I wanted to change that kind of that stereotype that went with the word politician, right? And I believe that there's a generation of us coming now um, that really have been able to kind of do that. And, and we're all actively trying to change that perception of what a politician is. And, a, a, and I don't usually like to refer to myself as a politician, but I also don't want to continue on that trend of making it a negative term. I call myself a public servant, right? We, that's really what we are. We're public servants. But at the sure. end of the day, the, the, the term for just like like for a doctor, it's, you know, an MD or, you know, you're in the healthcare industry. We are politicians and we shouldn't be afraid or embarrassed to say that because we have to change that negative connotation and that stereotype that goes with it. And I think there's definitely a way to do that. And, and I started by saying I pledged not to run negative campaigns. I never have. Um, you know, I really run on my own merits and what I believe I can do for my community. And I've been elected with over 70 percent of the vote each time running on that so yes i had some apprehension that and i was attacked several times because i was too young because um i don't know because i ran my own businesses because whatever you want to think about they may have said but so how do you how do you how do you deal with that so like i'm, I'm just thinking about okay so other people who okay so you put yourself out there right when you run for office obviously you're putting yourself out there you're putting your your life out in public in a in a very real way and that that leaves you vulnerable right for people who are a bit more reserved and maybe you know they're not running for office but they they get to an opportunity where they can put themselves out there but there's a fear for that like how do you overcome that fear well what would you say to those people maybe it comes naturally to you and you're not uh yeah. afraid to put yourself out there but how does how do you deal with vulnerability like that so I guess there's two ways to kind of look at that. Um, one, I've always been an open book. I, to me, I was like, I have nothing to hide. Um, so uh, being open and a public person for me is natural. I don't, um, it doesn't change who I am or how I live my life because everything that I have or, or everything that I accomplish, I work very hard for and I think people who know me and have followed me know that. And even people who know me from when I was young know that before I was in politics, before I was in office. And by the way, just read, just backing up a little bit, when you asked me if it was something that I always knew I did, it's funny because when I first met my husband, when we were talking about, you know, we were dating, talking about our future, I always said to him, I would love to run for office one day. Are you okay with that? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. He came from Cuba. He's like, I come from a communist country. I love the fact that just anyone can run for office in this country and, you know, and make a difference. And I think that that's so important and why I respect and love this country. And so he was very supportive about that. I never thought it would be at 23. I always thought, in you know what you think the stereotype of a politician right that i would do that later on when i retired later in my career my life once my kids were off in college sure but the opportunity presented itself in a way where i saw that i was involved already in a community that was growing that had a change in 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 leadership right there was a big change coming in leadership for the first time ever because the city is very young was very young um at the time we were incorporated in 2003 
I was elected in 2012. So really we had only had two councils. Um, I think I was like the third vice mayor of the city or the fourth. So it was, it was an opportunity to, to get involved in a place where we were starting from scratch, which was an amazing experience. So I was, I saw the opportunity and said, you know what, why am I going to hold myself back to later in my life when now is when I have the energy, the passion, the ability to really get involved and make that difference. And that's why I decided to do it at that age. So yes, it was something I always talked about doing. I just never thought I would do it as young as I did. And you know what, it was a blessing because, because I was so young and really um, had such an open and transparent life. and, And I really didn't I never really partied or had like any skeletons in my closet. I was very, or I am very, very clean in a sense. There was nothing for people to attack me on. I was, you know, I was able to run on my merits, on what I wanted to do. And the fact that I was building on a community that was made of people like me. Um, So that's, that's really where it went. So when you're talking about people getting involved and maybe wanting to make a difference, um, you can't be afraid of what, because even if it doesn't exist, they'll make it up. So if you're not willing to, to be out there like that, or you, you feel like that's not something you can take. Right. And I don't take anything personal and not even just in, in terms of politics, but just being vulnerable in in general. Right. And maybe just going up on stage to speak, to to give a speech. Right. There's a lot of fear around that, that, that those actions. Actually, I think it's like the number one fear more so than death is people having the fear of public speaking. I obviously don't have that problem. There's people that are just born, I think, with that ability. And there's others that have to have to nurture it a little more. They have to be able to kind of come out of their shell. Um, and, and I think the best advice I can give somebody like that is surround yourself with people that push you to come out of your comfort zone, that make you better. Um, I always say my team, I'm surrounded by people who know more than me, who are better than me, who have more experience than me because it only elevates and helps me become a better version of myself. So that's something I live by. Um, I believe in surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, but that are better than you. And you, you capitalize on those qualities. And so what do you do to challenge yourself every day or every week? Because the what I tell a lot of my my clients and so forth is to keep positive pressure on your comfort zone. So yeah. every once in a while, okay, fine, relax, you know, and, and take it easy. But we always want to be trying to push our boundaries little but you know, little by little, because over time you're gonna start getting those incremental gains. What do you do? You know, what's your routine like? Like what's your how, how do you set yourself up to I wish I had grow. more routine. <laughs> right. Man, not, no. not a routine, but in terms of like, you know, what are some yeah. of the things like, how, how do you keep yourself growing? So I, I'll tell you my key to that is balance. Um, I can't say that I have like a strict routine. And I, I would tell you, I think the thing that challenges me the most daily is being a mom because every mm-hmm. day is different. Every experience is a new one for me. I'm a new mom. Um, so I I would say the one thing that challenges me the most is that is being a mom. Um, and, and I can put so many experiences on micro scales that change my perspective on a, on a a massive scale Mm -hmm. Uh, and a mom and how my mentality has changed and how I've grown after going through that experience. And I think it's made me a better leader, even in my community. Um, 
And again, it's they're they're micro issues because he's five, but believe it or not, those you learn from oh, yeah. whether it's patience. Trust whether me, it's, <laughs> yeah. So and I think patience is the biggest one for me, but it's like patience and how to communicate um and understanding your audience, right? So yeah, when I'm talking to a five-year-old, I talk to them in a way where I, I don't talk to him like a baby because I believe he has to understand and he's around adults a lot. But I have, I've learned to um, make sure that when I'm communicating with him, I'm communicating in a way that he understands. And so I take those experience and I just multiply them to be able to do a better job and be a better effective uh, leader and communicator. And even in my, my business, in my private business, I take those experience and apply them to my colleagues and my team members. Um, and I learned to empower them and to lift them up and remind myself every day that that is an important part of my role. And so, um, I, again, I think for me being successful in growing, it's having balance in my life. Um, and it's hard to find the balance nowadays, especially with, with COVID and working from home. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a thing out there that, you know, called decision fatigue, where you make so many decisions throughout the day that by the end of the day, you're just so tired of, of making decisions. <laughs> you yeah. get to a point. So, I mean, how do you, um, and how that's you where, let me tell you, that's deal with that. And that's where having a good team around you comes into, in, into play mm -hmm. and being, and is so handy. Like I have people around me. One, I keep a team around me that's been with me for years. I mean, I, I think I've in, in the, in the, I've had two assistants in, in longer than 12 years, you know, I mean, I keep a good team and I like to, and that's where I think empowering them, um, encouraging them, recognizing their hard work keeps the people around you. So I've been very lucky to keep the same team around me consistency or in, consistently, which creates sure. consistency. So they already know how I think mm -hmm. they know they know my priorities. They know my, my, you know, um, what is most important to me. So we start to talk the sa same language. Right. And so it really eases the decision-making on me. Right. And so it gives me the ability to delegate and know that they are going to act in the same way I would act, that they would handle a problem in the mm -hmm. same way I would handle a problem. And so I think building a strong team around you, like I said, like like-minded people, but that are better than you in, in something like my, my weakness, I would say is writing. And I, I'm very strong in math. I'm, I'm an accounting major. I did finance and accounting. And that's what I've done my whole life. So reading and writing are, you know, my more, um, my weaker um, qualities, right? Sure. I've gotten better over the years, because I've surrounded myself with people that are better than me at it. So my chief of staff went to law school, you know, it's about to take the bar. So she's, she's much stronger in that. The person I had before her, which was with me for six years was a writer. She'd written two books. Yeah. So I, I find people that have those qualities that I know I lack on to make sure to, um, compensate. My team to compensate and to make sure my team is strong in those things. Um, and now, it's interesting. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Now, it. when I went to the school board, I knew that I needed someone that was that was strong in academics, right? Because I did not have that background. So I hired someone who's my legislative manager who has thirty five years of experience in academics. He was a principal. He was a regional superintendent. He was a deputy superintendent. So he understands that dynamic that I needed to get stronger on. And so that's how I, I make sure to build my team and. And it's the way that I've always been successful, even in my marriage. You know, I found the person who 
helps me compensate for the things that I may feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not strong in and same vice versa. And we've grown and built our team um, within our marriage to be able to, you know, parent our child and everything based sure. on, on our, on our, we play on each other's weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause that, that same concept, well, number one, you know, congratulations, cause it's hard to keep a team together for that long. But, uh, number two, it, it, what I find really powerful is, is the fact that when you, when you properly orchestrate this team together and, and you're reading each other's minds almost, Mm-hmm. it becomes superfluous, right? It becomes like a, like really one team, which is, it's really hard to do that. You get a lot of people in, in different companies where you got people coming in and out, you know, it's, and nowadays you hear that it's so, it's, it's incredibly difficult to find good talent, yes. right? That can stay. So that's, that's very difficult. Also, I think when it comes to just relationships in, in people's lives, when you, you know, for those of you out there, when you, when you look at your friends, your, your, your three or five closest friends who you surround yourself with, there is a lot of, you know, sense to the adage, right? It's, it's, you are the average of the people you surround yourself with. And so sometimes we need to, just like we do take inventory of the people that, that are in our team. Um, we also need to take inventory of people who are, you know, around us, right. And who's, who's supporting us and who's not. So that, that's an interesting uh, point. When a relationship is draining more of you than it is adding to your life and your goals, it's time to reevaluate what that relationship means. And sometimes if it's a relationship you've had for many years, it may be that that person's struggling and it's your, you need to give a little more to help that person. Sometimes it's just time to move on. Um, And I think identifying that and knowing um, where your limitations are in that really helps you grow as a person. So I asked all my guests this, this question, was there a time in your life, was there a game changing moment or experience or something, uh, you know, a, a, a moment that occurred in your life that really kind of changed the trajectory of your life, right? Or, or kind of lit the light bulb, so to speak. Was there a time in your life when, when that happened? I think I've had several of those. <laughs> Probably have one every year. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think, um, so for me, and it may sound really cliche, but for me, and, and if you go back in my Instagram, you'll see that I every January I post kind of um, my mindset. It's like my, my, it's usually around the end of January, I'll post um, a post about, it's a reflection and then a mindset for that year. And, okay. and I do vision boards every year. I do do vision boards. Awesome. Um, this year I've checked off quite a couple of things off my vision board, which was nice to be able to do. Um, I think more so than any other year, uh, which is great, especially personally. I've, I've been able to get a, you know, a lot of those things off my off my bucket list, which is great. Um, but I, I uh, every year I would say I kind of reflect on what I learned the year before. And again, go you can go back to my Instagram and look around January last year was all about uh, my business and I was selling my business. And so um, I had a lot of those moments. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think every year when I reflect on what I've learned, what I was set out to accomplish and didn't accomplish, I have one of those game changing moments on where I have to change something in my life. This year, for people who know me, um, it was my health. It was my personal health. Mm. I had a moment this year where I realized I had let my weight get out of control. I let my personal health and just where I where I was personally, mentally, my mental health. Um, although I looked 
very happy and um and satisfied on the outside and really I I was it's not that I wasn't but just physically I wasn't feeling the way I should at my age and um and mm -hmm. my my light bulb was my son again it was something uh. I couldn't something I couldn't do with him physically that made me realize that I couldn't continue down the path I was on and so I decided to make a huge health change and I've lost 60 pounds this year wow so Bravo. Um, amazing. So for me, this year was that in, in the year prior was it was restructuring my business um, and being able to sell my business, package it and sell it, which I did. I was able to do it not by the end of the year, but it was by January of this year. Yeah. Um. So I think every year and as I gotten older, that ability to do that and kind of reflect and set a set a goal and set you know, and set a mindset for myself for that year has really helped. Um, but I've had several game changing moments. Um, you know, I, I did Anthony Robbins a couple of years ago, I did in 2019. Yeah. And that also uh, helped me really change my perspective and outlook on a lot of things that I felt were important before that weren't anymore. Mm. And you would think back then it would have been my light bulb for my health. That one took me a little longer. That one took me actually physically not being able to do something with my son that I said I would never happen to me again. And and I'm on the right track. That's fantastic. You know, we, we have different areas of our life, right? Whether it's health, career, relationships, finance, and it's hard to keep an eye on all of them, right? And and nobody has them all perfect, right? I mean, very, very few people. And, and we tend to kind of focus in one area where we kind of let things slip on the other side, right? But yeah. I think there is a huge mind-body connection, um, you know, physically, neurologically, and, and just spiritually as well, where if you're feeling good, if your body's feeling good, you're going to be in a better state of mind to serve and help your family just to be in a better place. And so for me, I think working out and, and having that ritual is so important, especially if you do can do it in the morning before you get your day started, just to kind of level set and release, you know, some of the endorphins and so forth. Yeah. And that's where I, I wish I had a little bit of a better routine. Um, and so, and, and again, why I also say for me, balance is what I have realized will make me a better version of myself every day, right? So I have to, and it's, it's a constant battle, right? I mean, it's a constant battle. You try and plan for things, you mm -hmm. know, I'm very, I, I schedule myself. I, I have a lot of things that I've committed to. And I believe that when I commit to something, I give it 110%. So I've committed to, you know, being a public servant and being a leader in my community. I've committed to being an entrepreneur. I've committed to being a wife. I've committed to being a mother, right? By making, I've committed to to doing certain things. I'm on certain boards and I'm on, I'm in charities and all these things. So when I commit to something, I do it with full intention of being 110% committed. So I have to balance. I have to have a good team. Um, and I get, I, again, this year for me, it was like the health component of that was missing. I was realizing that I wasn't sleeping well. It was just, it was a domino mm. effect. Things. So, so let me ask you, 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 you commit to a lot of things, right? And yeah. you, you could potentially overcommit and you seem I've like, learned <laughs> to not do that. I, before I would tell you that I would I never say no. I've learned that I have to say no. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because I can't, I, I can't give my, I am, I am, I am, mm. if I don't give 110%, I fail myself and I don't want to fail myself. I feel, I feel guilty and I, I can't live like that. So I've learned to say no, because prefiero no quedar mal. I, I prefer not yeah. to you know, look bad. Um, and so I very respectfully will decline things or I'll say, 
maybe next year, call me, you know, we'll, we'll keep in touch and things like that. But I really try to, to not overcommit. So that's, that's a great point. So, um, one, yeah, to, to not overcommit, but when you, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're somebody else and, and you over, you overcommit when you fail, are you hard on yourself or do you, you know, do you give yourself a break? Right. Cause I think you're, you're, you're gung ho about it and you're going to, you're going to run through a wall to make sure it happens. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, you do, you know, you will fail, right? Like, I'm just thinking about just people in general, right? Yeah. A, a lot of people don't forgive themselves and just kind of pull back and say, Hey, I, you know, I tried, um, <laughs> or, or you, or do you like beat yourself up about it? Yeah. So I think the only way to learn that is to fail and to go through the experiences. That's why I tell mm. you now today, I've learned to say no, right. I had to make those errors and not feel yeah. like I'm my own worst critic. Um, and so I feel like I fail or fail to, to learn that I can't, I, I rather not be put in those situations. You have to go through it to learn, to be able to become a better version of yourself, continue to grow. You have to fail, right? You have to learn from those experiences. I try and learn more from other people, people's experiences versus failing myself. Yeah. You know, I try <laughs> to learn that. I prefer to learn by watching than uh, and watching others run into the wall than running into the wall myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I believe I'm a, I'm a really good, uh, I take in a lot of that information and I'm really good observer and, and learner. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we all fail and we all, and, and, and it only helps us become better versions of ourselves. So what I can say to people that, you know, are hard on themselves, that that's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to be hard on yourself because you learn now, you know, be, you, you have to have a little bit of a, what's the word looking for? You have to be a little bit, um, you have to give yourself a little grace because yeah. sometimes we we do have a lot on our plate. So, you know, um, but it's, it's okay. It's okay to fail. I mean, again, we all fail. I tell my son all the time, um, you know, when, when he doesn't do well on, you know, on a, on a project or on a, whatever, on a, an assignment. I'm like, well, as long as you tried your hardest, it's okay to not do well because that's the only way you're going to learn. Um, so, but the most important thing, or my son likes to ask me a lot, mom, are you proud of me? He asks us all the time, like, mom, dad, are you proud of me? He's five. And I'm like, I'm always proud of you as long as you're doing your best. As long as you're doing mm -hmm. your best, I'm always proud of you. It's not about the end result. I, for sure, I want you to win or I want you right. to have good grades, but it's not about that. It's about doing your best and giving it your all. Exactly. And that, that's having that growth mindset. And I always, in addition to that, I'll like when my daughter says, are you proud of me? And I'll say, Hey, and you should be proud of yourself. Uh, because when we look for external validation, when it's not there, right, who's gonna, who's gonna kind of pat ourselves in the back, right? And so I think it's important to kind of put our oxygen mask on first before we can help others. And you do such a great job of that. And that's a great point and something that I have to implement more of um, because, yes, you're absolutely right. And especially in my line of work, I mean, we're always kind of looking for the for the uh, the approval of others. Right. It's it's almost yeah. what kind of gives us the stamp of approval that we're doing a good job. Right. It's like you're looking mm -hmm. for that for that uh, that thumbs up from everyone else. Right. And so I think that that's a huge pointer and something that I'll take from even our conversation today and many conversations we've had yeah. but definitely something I have to remind myself. Yeah. We have to be a little more graceful on ourselves.
So, so as we wrap up and you're thinking about next year and, and you're, you're coming up on probably putting together your vision board and your word for the year and stuff, like what's going to be your focus for the future here? Um, wow. I haven't really given that a hundred percent thought yet of what my focus will be on next year. I mean, I think, I mean, I know where I'm headed. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's, um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too sure what my word of the year will be, but I think always um, what I try and do is be successful at what I am trying to accomplish that year. Yeah. Uh, next year will be a year of, I think, a couple of firsts um, because I sold my business this year and I've, able, I'm able to, I've been able to refocus on a lot of things as far as, again, my health, um, you know, my other businesses and make sure that those are on, on an upward trend, which, you know, thank God they are, um, you know, I think I'm going to refocus where my passion is, um, in public service and, um, and, and go for, for what I know is my, is where I'm strongest. Um, awesome. and so that's, I think that's where I'm going to focus is on, on being a better uh, local elected official. Awesome. Well, Christy, congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much for what you do with the school board, with the, with the community. Um, you're doing a fantastic job with your family, with everyone that you're working with. And obviously, you've built a, a fantastic team and a great marriage, and everything's going pretty well. So cheers to you guys and um, and on, on your all your future success that's coming up. Yes, absolutely. We'll have a lot more to talk about very soon. And, and I know that um, we'll continue to make positive strides in this community together. Awesome. Thanks guys. And check us out each and every, each and every week on Instagram, on Facebook, on Google podcast, Spotify, Apple podcasts to check out more episodes. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of game changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable. So I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.